0: Welcome to the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Mike Yostrowski in association with Underground Sports Philadelphia. And welcome back to another exciting episode of the Goal Line Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Mikey Ostrowski, joined as always by Mr. Kyle Bennett. How you doing, buddy?
1: Mikey, we made it. We are in the week of real football matters. And uh, a lot of things happening on this fine Tuesday night as we are recording. And uh, I'm pretty glad we waited until tonight to record because this podcast uh, once you're hearing it, we'll be up on Wednesday to make sure that all of your fantasy needs are fulfilled for Week One of 2019.
0: I know, dude. There's been a lot happening around the league today. I've been—I I was sitting at my desk today at work, and it, seemingly every 20 minutes, my phone was going off with some kind of different NFL news.
1: There is a lot going on, so we are going to uh, kick this show off with a bit of around the league because lots and lots of things uh, implicating fantasy and real life football um, so I'll get it started here uh, obviously the biggest story being Ezekiel Elliott he flew home to Dallas from uh, Cabo today with his agent and for whatever reason some Dallas TV station has a sky cam following Ezekiel Elliott's car on Facebook Live driving to the Cowboys uh, facility like it's the OJ Simpson wait, chase. Wait,
0: wait, 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 wait 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 let me interrupt you there they have a a, a skycam following this guy right now. Yeah,
1: there is a a there was a Facebook Live following Ezekiel Elliott's car driving to the Cowboys facility where he was going to uh, sit down. I, I assume with Jared Jones and uh, work out this contract.
0: That is so uncomfortable. It's ridiculous. It was.
1: It's only only the Cowboys that would happen with.
0: Oh, my goodness. Okay, go ahead. I'm um, but Zeke's,
1: <laughs> Zeke's home from Cabo, and uh, his agent got stopped at the airport and said, you know, he thinks there's progress because he wouldn't have flown to Dallas if there wasn't. Still no deal signed, uh, but the, the word that's being thrown around is close, but that's also been thrown around for probably two weeks now, so we'll wait and see sure. uh, what happens with Zeke. Rumor is that he's going to potentially be suited up for week one. I don't know how you can weigh that, depending on uh, when he or if he signs by then, but uh, we are still on Zeke Watch, and we are full-blown still you know, in a deadlock with Melvin Gordon. Uh, the Chargers GM came out and said that they are done negotiating with him until the offseason, but uh, just about an hour ago, Josina Anderson from ESPN tweeted that she is told that one team has been in preliminary communication with the Chargers in an attempt to vet out a potential trade for the 2015 first-round running back, Melvin Gordon, per source. Don't know what team it is, uh, but then Pro Football Focus came out and said that the Chargers are asking for a first-round pick and a fifth-round pick, which is insanely odd to disclose that specific of terms, Um, but that's what's been reported so far about Melvin Gordon.
0: Yeah, it was a bit odd that they're just coming out and saying, okay, this is this is what we're going for. And it, the big thing that strikes me as odd in the whole thing is that there's still someone willing to buy him this late in the off season, or should I say this early in the season. I mean, I feel like if anyone was going to go out and spend a ton of money on, on Melvin Gordon, I feel like something like that would have had to kind of happened by now, so I'm really not going to hold my breath on him moving anywhere.
1: Yeah, and he, uh, I stand correct. It was actually Pro Football Talk that put out the uh, the draft pick compensation that the Chargers are asking for, not Pro Football Focus, but, uh, I mean, the only team that we've talked about in our, our goal line group chat is Tampa Bay, but one, they don't have the cap space to pay no, Melvin Gordon, and Bruce Arians is not known to give big money to, to running backs, so... I don't know what team this could be, so this could be a huge, you know, surprise, but uh, nothing has budged yet with Melvin Gordon, and uh, he was kind of pissed that he paid to change his number on Twitter the other day, too. Uh, You know, he tweeted at a fan who said, damn, why were you going to change your number if, uh, you know, you weren't going to play this year? He's like, you're meaning to tell me I paid 40 grand for that number? Damn, I'm pissed.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Uh, the whole thing's the whole thing's a mess, but I will say, if, if going back to the Ezekiel Elliott thing, um, you know, it seems pretty likely that a deal is going to be done uh, prior to the start of Week One. I mean, especially now that we have the numbers behind it. What was it? It was like six years, ninety million.
1: Please give extension. give him all of that and more. I will be totally fine with that. I could lose our bet, which you tweeted about earlier today, but if they, if the Cowboys are seriously going to give Ezekiel Elliott. Six years, $90 million. As an Eagles fan, I am doing the biggest happy dance in the world. (laughs) That is just beautiful. You say so. That is beautiful. You say
0: so. Um, uh, What else we got going on today? I know uh, Jared Goff just signed an extension. Jared
1: Goff is signing an extension. Uh, It's reported to be a four-year contract extension, so that would sign him through the 2024 season. And it's going to be worth upwards of the thirty-two million dollar mark that his uh, his you know draft buddy Carson Wentz got this year from the Eagles, where he got around thirty million per year. Uh, the Rams giving Jared Goff thirty-two million dollars per year, if not more. I'm skeptical of it because it's a little odd to me uh, that you would give a quarterback who couldn't even score a touchdown in the Super Bowl upwards of thirty million dollars, but. Uh, we'll see what happens with that and how that plays out. I think it's a bit of a mistake to give him that much, but we'll see what happens with Jared Goff.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's he's definitely not a bad quarterback. No ifs, ands, or buts about that. But I, I agree. Um, you know, it's kind of kind of a kind of a hefty cylinder. price.
1: And uh, then yeah, yeah, yeah. The final bit of a uh, contract news that will set the market for the Cowboys. Uh, because Jared Goff signing means we're, pro- we're probably on the verge of seeing a Dak Prescott contract come to fruition. Uh, but Jeff Schultz from The Athletic Atlanta uh, tweeted around 6 o'clock tonight that Falcons owner Arthur Blank told The Athletic Atlanta that the team and Julio Jones are, quote, very, very close to a deal, and, quote, I'd be surprised and disappointed if we didn't get it done this week. I think it's very reasonable to assume it will get done this week. This is the biggest progress we've seen with the Julio Jones deal from the get-go, which also sets the tone for Amari Cooper.
0: Right. Well, Amari Cooper he's going to overplay his hand because he's going to think he's worth a hell of a lot more than he actually is, and Absolutely. I wouldn't be surprised to see him not be in Dallas anymore because, you know, if they're going to give Zeke 90 million and if they're going to give Dak, you know, his Thirty-three to thirty-five million a year. I mean, there's just there's just no way that they can they're going to be able to re-sign Amari Cooper at the price that he's going to want. Uh, Because you know Julio Jones is going. He he wants to be be the highest paid receiver. He wants to be the highest paid receiver in the league, and he is most definitely worth uh, that kind of money. So it it'll definitely be interesting to see what happens. Um, But nonetheless, there is a ton going down, and it is a very exciting yet nerve-wracking time uh speaking for the entire fantasy football community i will say thank god julio jones is not holding out oh my
1: goodness could you imagine the turmoil we would be in if he was holding out right now
0: it would be it it would be the end of the world especially for me who is a proud julio jones owner (laughs) in like half of my leagues must be nice yeah, but uh, okay, so that, that pretty much does it for the news around the league. Um, actually, there's one thing that I, that I want to say, um, and that is on the 49ers depth chart today, Dante Pettis was listed as the number one wide receiver. Um, not exactly a surprise, but I know Dante Pettis has kind of been a roller coaster. Uh, up and down, up and down, up and down. All off season, he's been a fan favorite one week, and he has been the fan least favorite one. You know, the next week. Uh, but it looks like Dante Pettis has officially earned that uh, role in San Francisco, and he should be the probably the weekly second-highest target behind George Kittle um, in, in San Francisco. So Dante Pettis, his stock has increased a little bit today with the release of that depth chart.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the depth charts that come out today are, take them with a grain of salt because teams have to put them out. Um, so they kind of just list what they're viewing right now. It doesn't necessarily mean that's, you know, the solidified depth chart for Week 1. Um, so take it with a grain of salt because they also the 49ers also listed Matt Breida as their R B one over Tevin Coleman, which is a bit of a surprise. Which
0: was very surprising. Yeah. Um,
1: so again, take it with a grain of salt, but it is also something to monitor there. And a fun surprise for both you and I, Mikey, is that uh our boy DK Metcalf was listed as a starter for week one for the Seattle
0: Seahawks. Yeah, it's pretty exciting. It's kind of impressive that he's gonna be able to to start in week one.
1: Yeah, I mean to be able to overcome you know, the the surgery that he was going to have to get. I'm still a little skeptical because we know Seattle with their injured players and how they try to force them on the field too early. Well, we, we talked
0: about that last we time we were on the pod, or maybe it was two times ago. Yeah. But either way, we brought you and up. I had agreed that if he was on the field week one, chances are it's probably it probably means that they're rushing him back. Yeah. So, uh, you know, on the surface, I want to say, oh, awesome, DK's back. He's going to tear it up week one, whatever. Good for him. But it kind of scares me more than it excites me. But who knows, maybe he has made a full recovery and he's just a freaking cyborg.
1: Yeah, for DK's sake, we hope he's healthy and, you know, 100% or cl- as close to 100% as he can be. Um, but again, I'm skeptical because we know Seattle's past with injuries and just forcing guys back out on the field earlier than they should be.
0: For sure, for sure. So now is the moment that we have been waiting for for the last... seven months eight months (laughs) since we since goal line became a thing it's been we are about to dive in to the week one starters i'm so excited so what we're going to do is we're going to go through each game we are going to pick out the you know all the players that are fantasy relevant whether that means they're the relevancy is good or it's bad. We are going to go through each game we are going to tell you who you can trust as a starter and who you should be leaving on the bench this week. So we will start off with the very first game of the 2019 season, which is going to be the green Bay Packers visiting the Chicago bears in less than 48 hours. I can't wait.
1: Meek mill Actually, is kicking the time, off the season. By the time
0: anyone hears this, it's going to be about 30 hours away. So that is Awesome,
1: Meek Mill and Megan Trainer kicking off the season in Chicago. What more could you ask for?
0: I know it's going to be awesome. Um, so we'll look at the away team first: the Green Bay Packers. You know, you have a few obvious starts. Obviously, if you have Aaron Rodgers, you probably don't have a better quarterback on your roster, even though he is against Chicago's defense, Khalil Mack, and Chicago's terrifying defense. You can't bench Aaron Rodgers in any game. Um, he proved that last year when. They played against each other that first week. Khalil Mack was tearing him up. He went out of the game, came back all drugged up, and just slung it and got them the win. So you can't count Aaron Rodgers out in this one. Uh, same thing with Devontae Adams. You know he's an obvious start. You're not sitting him no matter what. Um, what are you What are you thinking about Aaron Jones against this tough Chicago's defense? I
1: think you kind of have to play him. A lot of people drafted Aaron Jones as their RB one. Uh, because they went after wide receivers early, I just, I you know with Chicago's defense, I personally think they're going to take a bit of a step back. You and I have talked about this on the pod before. Uh, I don't think they're going to be as gnarly as they were last year, kind of that Jacksonville Jaguars effect from 2017 to 2018. Uh, but I would start Aaron Jones, but I think he's only going to have you know that RB two upside rather than a potential RB one upside.
0: Yeah, I I, I think his. Uh... I think his RB1 upside is definitely capped this week, but you still definitely do have to start him. Uh, with that being said, uh, I'm personally not starting Jimmy Graham. I'm not going to go ahead and start Geronimo Allison or Valdez Scantling. Um, you know, I'm really not going to start any receiver that's not Devontae Adams from Green Bay until they kind of solidify who is actually their wide receiver too. Uh, so for the sake of that, I'm just going to say, start Rodgers, start Adams, start Aaron Jones, leave the rest of your Packers on the bench.
1: Yeah. Jimmy Graham is available in a, a ton of Yahoo leagues right now, just as a free agent. So if he's on your roster, you might've picked, you know, pretty poorly at your tight end position.
0: Yeah. And, and I'm not saying that Jimmy Graham won't find some kind of resurgence this year. You know, uh, he had a bit of an odd year last year, especially with the injury, but it's just it's just not something that I want to trust, especially at this stage in his career.
1: And the Packers are going to be running the ball a lot more this year, so it's going to take away targets and opportunities for Jimmy Graham to be the Jimmy Graham that he, he once was.
0: Sure. And with that being said, you know, Green, if you have Green Bay Packers defense for some reason, I don't know why you do, but you're not playing them. And I know Mason Crosby is a pretty popular kicker, but I think you could find better options this week. Uh, in the Windy City of Chicago against that tough defense. Uh, So moving on to the Chicago Bears side. Um, This one is going to be a bit more interesting because the Chicago Bears don't exactly have any quote-unquote obvious starters. Um, If I had to give two obvious starters, it would be Allen Robinson and David Montgomery. Um, Those are the only two guys that I am... 1,000% 1,000% definitely starting for Chicago. Um, what, are you, what are you
1: thinking? Yeah, that's those are the only two I'm touching. Trey Burton's still dealing with that groin injury. He's questionable uh, at I best. I doubt he plays. And I doubt it's he not plays. looking like he's going to play week one anyway. So if you have Trey Burton and he's your only tight end, go pick a tight end up. Um, but, this is
0: the case where you might want to pick up Jimmy Graham. Pick up Jimmy Gramps Graham. Um,
1: but, yeah, David Montgomery, I think you have to start him. The Packers... Don't really trust their front seven too much. It is improved from last year because they got younger, they got quicker. Um, So I'm intrigued to see what they do on defense. And then Allen Robinson uh, is the wide receiver one in Chicago. So if you have them, play them.
0: Yeah, and it's kind of the same situation in Chicago where I'm not exactly starting any of their other wide receivers until one of them kind of comes forth and solidifies themselves as the wide receiver too. Uh, So if you have any pass catcher in Chicago – uh, besides Allen Robinson, I wouldn't start him. Uh, obviously, even against Aaron Rodgers, you're starting their defense this week. Um, you know, chances are if you have their defense, you took them way too early. And if you're not starting them, then you really messed up your draft. Uh, you're, you're
1: absolutely sitting Mitch Trubisky this week, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, I think it's I mean, gonna suppose, be
1: a, it's gonna be more well, of a run heavy game, in my opinion, for the Bears.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm going to sit Mitch Trubisky this week. I mean, plus, as as you know, we'll be able to kind of get more into it a little bit later. But I'm looking at all the matchups coming up, and so many no better one, options. I, I can't guarantee. I, I I can guarantee that nobody picked Mitch Trubisky as their quarterback. One, and if you did, you, the rest of your roster must be stellar because you clearly <laughs> waited a very long time. Um, but Mitch Trubisky, he doesn't have you know a perfect matchup this week and he's not a guy that I would trust. We have breaking uh,
1: David... we have breaking news on the Jared Goff contract. Oh, let's hear uh, it. It is 4 years, 134 million dollars on the extension that includes an NFL record 110 million dollars guaranteed per Adam Schefter.
0: Okay, that's quite a lot. So now <laughs> so currently they have the see the see the highest paid quarterback now? I believe so. So they currently have the highest paid quarterback and the highest paid running back as it stands. Yes. Uh at least until and one Jack of the highest paid Zeke's sign
1: and one of the highest paid defensive players.
0: Yeah. But so that's that's a bit rich for me, but uh, we can talk more about Jared Goff in a second actually because that's the next matchup we're going to cover is going to be the Rams against the Carolina Panthers.
1: All right, let me pull this up. All right, let's get it.
0: So Start. We'll, we'll keep starting with the away team. The away team is going to be the Rams. Um, Jared Goff is definitely a start this week. Uh, speaking as a Panthers fan, they still haven't figured out their secondary, uh, though I think it has gotten a ton better since last season. Still a very young secondary. And, I mean, the Rams just have way too many options for, for them to be able to contain them. So I see this as being a big opportunity for Robert Woods, for Cooper Cup, uh, and for Brandy Cooks, so I'm I'm definitely starting Jared Goff. I'm definitely starting all three of the receivers. I'm definitely starting Todd Gurley. Um, you know, there's 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 really not a player aside from I guess if you want to count him Daryl Henderson that I'm sitting from this Los Angeles Rams team
1: this week. Yeah, there's not much uh, any week honestly that you're sitting uh, for the Rams week to week because their playmakers are just too lethal.
0: Yeah, and. You know, chances are, if you have a Rams receiver, he's probably your wide receiver, too. Maybe even your wide receiver one if you went extremely running back heavy and you ended up taking Brandon Cooks. Um, So, just realistically speaking, you know, those five that we were talking about, you're not going to sit them uh, this week. Jared Goff, you know, he's kind of a fringe starter each week, depending on the matchup. But this is definitely a matchup where I'd be pretty comfortable with starting Jared Goff. Absolutely. The other side of the ball, Christian McCaffrey. Obvious start. Every week. Um, every week. I don't care. He could be playing three teams at the same time and you're starting him. <laughs> uh, Cam Newton is cleared and good to go for week one. He is also a matchup proof, obvious start, um, especially with those legs. As long as his ankle doesn't prove to be a big problem, he's going to be just fine. Um, the other guys are dj moore curtis samuel and greg olson i'm not sitting i I would sit greg olson just because i feel like most people have better options but curtis samuel dj moore i think they're both must starts this week i mean this both of these teams you know the their their wide receivers are all you know somewhere between a high-end wide receiver three and a high-end wide receiver two both of their running backs are studs. I'd, per- I'd personally prefer to have Cam Newton than Jared Goff on my yes. fantasy football team. But you can start both of them almost any week. You can start Cam any week. You can start Jared Goff 90% of the time. So this is one of those games where there's a ton of fantasy value. And if you have anyone in L.A. or anyone in Carolina, you got to throw them in. Um the Rams' defense are still a good play this week just because they're always a threat to get a ton of sacks. Obviously, if you have Greg Zerline, he's a good play. Probably wouldn't play Carolina's defense or Carolina's kicker. Um, but, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a no-brainer with most of the guys in that game.
1: Yeah, ironically, you have both Cam Newton and Jared Goff in our league. Um, I know. But <laughs> I think I'd prefer DJ Moore in this game over Curtis Samuel. Um but that's just me that's just my personal preference
0: no I, I agree too and going forward i'm going to start dj moore over curtis samuel in until curtis samuel gives me a reason otherwise because as high as i am on curtis samuel
1: you dj moore's prove. still there
0: yeah exactly exactly so we'll go from my favorite team to your favorite team as the next game we're going to go over is the washington redskins at the philadelphia eagles Oof. starting with the away team um, not a single player that I'm playing in Washington. Not I'm not playing chance. their. I'm not playing their kicker, their defense, their quarterback. I'm not playing Darius Geis or Adrian Peterson. I'm not playing playing any of their receivers, and I'm sure as hell not playing Jordan Reed, who is a, a flick away from being on the Done. IR. So the Washington Redskins. Uh, if you drafted any of them, good luck. You can't. You can't luck, start them in week one. You can't start him in week one. Uh, moving on to the Philadelphia Eagles side of the ball, Carson Wentz, obvious starter this week. Alshon Jeffrey, uh, he might find a little bit of tough sledding, but I'm still firing him up as a wide receiver, too, with no problem. Uh, Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey are honest—oh, and Zach Ertz. How can I forget about Zach yes. Ertz? Uh But those three are the only three that I'm sure fire, um, you know, starting in week one. Um, I'll let you talk a little bit about the running backs, but— From my perspective, I'm staying away from that backfield in week one just for the fact that we don't know anything.
1: We don't know anything, but you could get fun and creative because of how bad this Washington defense is. And you could play both of them, like even if you have both of them. Say you drafted Jordan Howard and Miles Sanders just to kind of, you know, handcuff yourself and keep it safe. I wouldn't, you know, be shocked if he played both. The fantasy footballers also talked about this on their podcast. Um, Just with how bad Washington is across the board, you could get away week one playing both Eagles running backs if you had to. Uh, And I also like Deshaun Jackson in this matchup. The Washington corners are not good at all. And even Deshaun Jackson with nine fingers, I'll take that any day against those Washington uh, defensive backs. And... You know, Zach Ertz, obviously, but I'm also intrigued by Dallas Goddard because we've talked about it a ton, how the Eagles are going to run out of 12 personnel. I think Dallas Goddard could score you a touchdown or two in this game because I think the Eagles are going to run this score up big time.
0: they will definitely be running it up. Um, I, If I had to choose one of the running backs, I would lean Miles Sanders. Just Absolutely. Because, just because, you know, I am living in the 21st century and every league I'm in is a PPR league. And it should come to no surprise to anyone that Miles Sanders is going to be more of an asset than Jordan Howard in PPR leagues. Um, I, If I had to, I would throw one of them in as my flex option. But luckily for me, I don't have to. Um, Dallas Goddard is a guy that I'm, I'm personally not going to touch this week. And it has nothing to do with the matchup. It's just the fact that it's still week one. Everyone has all their other tight ends, and there's at least twelve other options that I like over Dallas Goddard this week. So I'm gonna I'm gonna skip out on him. Um, but we can we can definitely agree that Carson Wentz, Zach Ertz, and Alshon Jeffrey are a thousand percent walks must starts this year, this week. Yeah. Um, next game up, we have a divisional matchup between the Buffalo Bills and the New York Jets. So this one is actually kind of interesting. So starting with the away team, which is the Buffalo Bills, I know there is a ton of hype around that backfield right now with Devin Singletary, Frank Gore, and even TJ Yeldon. Uh, I know Devin Singletary is super, super duper hyped up right now, now that LaShawn McCoy's not there, but you can't start any of them in week one.
1: Yeah, no, the Jets defense is like severely underrated. (laughs)
0: Yeah, no doubt. And you still don't know how this timeshare is going to divide up. I mean, Frank Gore is still technically going to be listed as the starter. And though I think Devin Singletary is going to have the bulk of the touches, you know, TJ Yeldon's there, which is going to severely cap his PPR upside. And then Frank Gore is there, which is severely going to cap his his touchdown upside. So until we figure something out with the Buffalo Bills, uh, I love Devin Singletary down the line. But I'm not starting him in any format until we kind of see what's going on. Uh, Moving on to the rest of that team, Josh Allen, he's a risky play this week. If for some reason you have to, uh, I would play him just because I think you could do worse. But I I can't imagine. Exactly. But I can't imagine many people are in the situation in week one where you're pressed to start josh allen so leave him on the bench if you can but start him if you must yeah and then as far as the receivers go i'm not touching any of them until further notice aside from cole beasley and yes. it's only because i think colby Be- cole beasley could legitimately get like 10 receptions a game in this Cole
1: offense. beasley could honestly end up being like a wide receiver too for buffalo this year
0: yeah he could and it's you know, if, if you're playing in the standard league for some reason or even just a half PPR, uh, his upside is capped a little bit. But if you're in those full PPR leagues, I, I mean, we were going over it a couple weeks ago after that week three preseason game. He would have had nine and a half points at the end of the first quarter. And all of that was because he had five catches for like 44 yards or something like that. If you're going to have a player that's going to be able to get five catches in the first quarter, I mean, even if he only gets you two or three more for the rest of the game, that's all the value you need. And chances are, if you're starting Cole Beasley, he's just a wide receiver three or like a second flex option for you. So I would definitely throw him in this week.
1: Yeah, and that's on pace for 36 fantasy points from a slot receiver.
0: Which is pretty <laughs> damn good. Which yes. is kind of surprising because Josh Allen has that cannon. Yeah, um,
1: he's just so not I, I,
0: I do like John Brown's upside, but I'm never going to play John Brown unless I have like all my other receivers are on bye, and I need a guy with extreme upside. Yeah, so that's going to cover that for the Buffalo Bills. The New York Jets side of the ball. Uh, the only obvious starter is Le'Veon Bill. Um, because I can I, I don't I don't I know a lot of people are going to be starting Robbie Anderson this week, um, but I have my Stardom Situm article coming out tomorrow, and I actually have Robbie Anderson listed as a Situm, and I will I will fight until the end of Sunday to to try to convince everyone not to start Robbie Anderson this week. And my reasoning is, one, the Buffalo Bills allowed the least amount of passing yards against them last season. So you know they're already a pretty damn good defense, and they've got a better-than-expected secondary. Um, You know, when I I was looking at these stats before the show, I mean, I was telling you, I was very surprised that Buffalo was, uh, you know the leading team in in passing yards allowed.
1: Yeah, Um, that's crazy. Especially since they had a defensive back retire at halftime last year.
0: (laughs) I forgot all about that. That was absolutely bonkers. But going back to Robbie Anderson, I I don't necessarily trust him yet. He was very inconsistent last year. When he was on, he was on. But when he was off, he was way off. And I really don't want to have any part in the Jets' passing attack until somebody solidifies himself and until i think robbie anderson has the best chance and if you have to throw him in this week i mean then i guess you have to throw him in but i i avoided robbie anderson uh in all of my drafts not because i don't like who he is but because i think the quarterback play is going to be inconsistent and the jets have the Jets receivers i should say have the toughest schedule out of anyone in the entire league this season
1: See, I'm a big Sam Darnold fan, so I believe. Um, But I wasn't going the Robbie Anderson route. I think you can start Quincy Inunua this week. Record shows from last year, Sam Darnold's favorite target was Quincy Inunua, whether it was on the checkdowns, underneath routes. Uh, When Quincy Inunua was healthy, he was Sam Darnold's favorite wide receiver slash tight end hybrid to throw to. I think you can get away with uh, playing Quincy Inunua as like a wide receiver three flex this week against that Buffalo Bills defense.
0: See, and I would have to disagree. I would definitely advise against it just because there's a reason why Quincy and Nunwa went undrafted in most leagues. I, uh, With Jameson Crowder there, I just don't see Quincy and Nunwa having the same amount of upside. I mean, I know they're in different roles, but that's just not a situation that I would be interested in. Um, I mean, I, I, I do like him more for the first four games of the season, Quincy and Nunwa, uh, because Chris Herndon exactly. is. A, suspended so quincy and does have some upside but again the reason why i'm not gonna tell anyone to start him is because it's week one no one's injured no one has bye weeks you know i i just i can't imagine a scenario where anyone is forced to play quincy and and he doesn't have a tremendous amount of upside that makes me say oh let's reach and start him this week that's fair Uh, So we'll move on from the Buffalo Bills and the Jets game and we'll move to Minnesota where they will be facing off against the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons is another one of those teams like the Rams, like the Panthers, where there's just a lot of obvious starts all the way around. Minnesota's defense is great, but you're not sitting Matt Ryan, you're not sitting Devonta Freeman. You're not sitting Austin Hooper. You're definitely not sitting Julio Jones or Calvin Ridley. Um, and I can't imagine anyone is being forced to start Muhammad Sanu this week. So if you have any Atlanta Falcons, aside from, you know, I, I wouldn't play their, their defense and I probably wouldn't play their kicker this week. But if you have any of those, any of the quarterbacks or the running back or the, the receivers, tight ends from the Atlanta Falcons, I you got to throw them in this week.
1: Yeah, the only reason I'm not playing their kicker because Matt Bryant did come out of retirement. Uh, is because he is freshly out of retirement. So you don't know you know, how strong the leg is going to be as he dusts the uh, the old kicking leg off. But down the line, Matt Bryant, who most likely went undrafted in every single league, is out of retirement and kicking for the Falcons again. And we all know he has a boot. So if he's available after this week, he's somebody I'd consider picking up. Um, but I totally agree. You're playing all the, the high-caliber, high-octane Falcons uh, weapons along with Matty Ice because... I think Matty Ice is gonna have a big week one.
0: For sure. And speaking in favor I know I said I'm not starting the Atlanta Falcons defense, mostly because they're probably still on most waivers. But uh their their secondary isn't bad. You know, they were healthy. just very they were just very injured last year, and it'll be interesting to see what that team does. With that being said, um I just, I'm, I'm not starting them mostly because you have Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs on the other side. You have Dalvin Cook. All three of those guys are must starts. Uh, Kyle Rudolph. If you have to, you can definitely start in this week. Most of you probably have a better option than him. However, if you're like me and did get stuck with him as your tight end one in, uh, in one of your leagues, not the end of the world. If you're starting him against the Atlanta Falcons defense, uh, as far as Kirk cousins goes, Again, you're probably not in the situation where you have to start him. If you have to, do it. If you can afford to keep him on the bench, keep him on the bench this week.
1: Yeah, use all your coupons possible when it comes to Kirk coupons. Uh, if Kirk you're starting coupons. him against, especially this week, when, like you said about a couple uh, you know, wide receivers, if nobody's injured, you should, probably shouldn't be playing Kirk coupons, especially with how bad he looked in the preseason.
0: Yeah, and you never know. I mean, Kirk Cousins could start the season exactly how he did last year and give Adam Thielen eight 100-yard games in a row. But I'm not going to bank on that. Although I will say this game does have potential to be a shootout. so
1: I'm still bashing him.
0: I'm still benching him, too, because there's there's so many quarterbacks that have the same amount of upside but have a much safer floor. So I'm benching Kirk Cousins. Uh, with that being said, I know we were just talking about how much of a shootout potential this game has. Uh, Minnesota was drafted as a top-four, top-five defense in most fantasy drafts uh, the past few weeks. I would shy away from them this week if you can. Yeah, stay away. Because... I don't care who you have back there at cornerback. Julio Jones is Julio Jones, man. Yep. Like
1: Calvin Ridley's Calvin Ridley. Matt Ryan's Matt it,
0: Ryan. This is just one of those teams where, unless I have maybe Jacksonville's secondary, I'm not trusting my defense against them. Yeah. So you can, you can go ahead and leave Minnesota's defense on your bench. Uh, moving on to one of... One of the least exciting games for fantasy football is going to be the Baltimore Ravens against the Miami Dolphins. It's going to be exciting on one end. <laughs> it, it might be. So in Baltimore, I would definitely start Lamar Jackson. Yes. I would definitely start Mark Andrews at tight end. I, I can't get on board with starting any other Baltimore Ravens this week. I mean, I know if you have Mark Ingram, you probably spent high draft capital on him, maybe the fifth or sixth round. So you're kind of... Teetering on starting him or someone else at your flex spot. Dude, until Mark Ingram can prove that he actually has this offense, I'm not starting him. Yeah.
1: There's no way. Um I can get with it. I mean, say somebody ended up, you know, in a situation where they drafted Willie Sneed as a, you know, high end wide receiver for their roster because maybe they reached on Patrick Mahomes or something early. I would say you could get away with starting Willie Snead because of the history between he and Lamar Jackson and the Dolphins defense is going to be one of the worst, if not the worst in all of football this year. Um, Their whole
0: team is going to be a dumpster <laughs> just, fire. Just
1: throw them all away. Uh, but yeah, on the two guys you mentioned, Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews are the
0: only locks in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. And I, I have to ask you something while I, while I have you, um, so in my in my dynasty league, which which you're not in this league, obviously, so no, you can I help the, me make my decision here.
1: I am the overall, you know, all-seeing GM associate in this league.
0: You're essentially just uh, a nice version of Goodell, just making sure we're I'm all being taken care of. But uh, so I have the option of starting either Mark Andrews against the Miami Dolphins or Delaney Walker against the Cleveland Browns. I like Mark Andrews' matchup more. But Delanie Walker obviously has success history. Uh, if you were tasked with starting one of these guys, who would you lean? Mark Andrews, no question. That's what I'm. Think- that's what I'm thinking too. Because just honestly, the upside with, is just so tremendous. With
1: that Browns pass rush, Delaney Walker is going to be tasked with being more of a pass blocker in that game than a,
0: a lot of people probably realize. Yeah, and that, that was kind of what I was thinking, too. I, I currently have Mark Andrews penciled in on my roster, and uh, I, I think that's what I'll end up going yeah,
1: with. Yeah, he's my guy this week.
0: So moving into Miami, I'm sitting their tight end. I'm sitting all their receivers. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick, spoiler, he's my sit of the week uh, <laughs> for quarterbacks. Uh, I'm not starting Kenyon Drake or Kalen Balazs this week. I mean, Baltimore's is – I'm definitely starting Justin Tucker, and I'm definitely starting Baltimore's defense. Yep. Uh, I forgot to include that. But Baltimore's defense is Massive. still deadly. They're still incredible. Um, I, Dude, I'm not starting anyone from the Dolphins. And oh. I know a lot of people – if you have Kenyon Drake, you probably spent more than you should have on Kenyon Drake. But not only – is he playing against a really difficult team? But he's coming off of injury, and there's a very good chance that he finds himself in a timeshare early and often with Cam Balaj, which is just something I want no part in. Uh, so when all is said and done, I'm not starting anyone from the Miami Dolphins under any circumstances.
1: Good news for Kenyon Drake owners. Brian Flores came out and said he is the RB one in the offense. Take that for what it's worth. But I'm not touching any Dolphins all season long.
0: Yeah, no, I'm 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 staying away. Uh, Moving on to a huge game. Kansas City Chiefs against the Jacksonville Jaguars. So you have the most explosive offense in all of football against one of the best lockdown secondaries that you can find. However, I don't care who Patrick Mahomes is playing against. You can't sit Pat Mahomes. You can't sit Travis Kelsey. You can't sit Tyreek Hill. You can start Sammy Watkins in any matchup as well. I don't want to, but I would if I had to. Travis Kelsey. Uh Mikko Hardman, I'm keeping benched until we figure out exactly what his role in this offense yeah. is going to be. And then as far as the running backs goes, I know this is going to be this has been a very popular question on Twitter. And this is this is the best way that I can answer it. So you have three running backs in Kansas City now. You have Damian Williams, LaShawn McCoy and you have darwin thompson first things first with the arrival of Lashawn mccoy darwin thompson has lost a ton of value uh if you still want to stash him on your bench maybe you already have damien williams and you you want the handcuff okay that's fine but darwin thompson y- you can't start him you can't consider starting him and you can't expect him to take over this kansas city's chiefs backfield by week four or week five like a lot of people were saying he might you just can't expect any of that anymore. Um, with that being said, I don't think I'm starting with Sean McCoy. Though he has a history with Andy Reid, he has been in this offense for a total of like 48 hours. Uh, it's it's a lot for for him to learn. It's a lot for him to take in. I can see him getting some goal line carries or some short yard carries, uh, you know, just in the obvious plays. But I think Damian Williams is probably going to have one of his better weeks of the season just because he is the only quote-unquote you know, bona fide running back back there right now in Kansas City. Um, so I'm, I'm definitely starting Damian Williams this week, and I'm firing firing him up with some confidence as an RB2.
1: Yeah, I'm not playing any of the Chiefs running backs just because it's like that wait-and-see type thing. Uh, LaShawn McCoy knows this offense more than a lot of people know. He, Andy Reid's going to feed him terminology that he's familiar with from their time with the Eagles. Uh that that backfield's just way too loaded for me, and it's going to be, you know, what Andy Reid said. It's probably going to end up being a timeshare. But all those other players—Travis Kelsey, uh, Sammy Watkins, Tyreek Hill—all those bad boys—you're firing them up 100%. Jaguars-wise.
0: Let me let me yeah. ask you something before we move on to the Jaguars. So let's say that LaShawn McCoy and Damian Williams do. End up in a in a nearly even timeshare. Obviously, I would say LaShawn McCoy gets a bit more uh, rushing attempts. I would say Damien Williams gets a bit more targets. I think that's pretty pretty fair assumption. Um, if they're if they're splitting time, realistically speaking, how many touches do you think each one of them is getting a game? Twelve, at most. So and that's why i'm still starting Damian williams because last year aside from one game out of like the four or five games that he completely popped off for the kansas city chiefs he didn't have more than like 14 or 15 total touches you know he is he knows he's he's he fits really well in this offense and i think LaShawn mccoy will too so i think in the long run they're both going to have pretty good uh, outlooks on on that offense but i think damian williams just has too much upside and too much explosive potential with limited touches that I I, I can't imagine anyone being in the situation to be able to bench him. So you know I I'm per, I'm personally going to use him as an RB two this week, and I'm going to do it with with some confidence.
1: Yeah, I think the biggest reason is that a lot of people drafted Damian Williams with the the preconceived notion that he was going to be the guy in Kansas City. Of course, so of they don't really have any other viable options at that position, um, which sucks for you. I'm glad I didn't take any stock in that. but um, I
0: wanted Leonard Fournette. I did, but someone snaked him.
1: Yeah, they did.
0: And speaking of Leonard Fournette, might as well talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Um, I'm not going to lie. This is this is a really confusing matchup. Um, I personally would start D.D. Westbrook, and I would start Leonard Fournette. I know it sounds odd to start a running back that's going to be in such a negative game script because the Kansas City Chiefs should no doubt be ahead for this entire game. Um, but Leonard Fournette is going to be more involved in the passing game. Uh, having Nick Foles back there, you know, an actual competent quarterback for Who once. Who knows is gonna this be... Chiefs team. Exactly. And it, it's, it's going to be a huge help. So, whether the score is 28 to 0 in favor of the Chiefs or if it's a close game, I think Leonard Fournette is going to have. Uh, a relatively safe role this week and I think he's got a lot of upside I think he's going to be leaned on pretty heavily most weeks especially in weeks where they're against a really good team like the Chiefs so I think Leonard Fournette is actually a must start for me and I think D.D. D. Westbrook is also a must start because he is going to be leaned on heavily to help the Jaguars climb out of this hole
1: yeah the the number one waiver wire claim after this week is going to be D.D. D. Westbrook's battering mate DJ Chark keep an eye on him he's going to uh be dynamic in that Jaguars offense
0: yeah it'll definitely be interesting to see um but who are who are your must starts so I, I forgot to mention we're I, I keep forgetting the defense and kickers just because I really just it's defensive kickers but I, I I try to advise on everything so Harrison Bucker is an obvious start uh providing there are no hurricane winds anywhere in Florida Oof. and uh the I Kansas City. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I can't imagine there will be any remnants. I mean, it's supposed to be up you know, uh, up and off to the coast of New Jersey by Friday, so I, I can't imagine there's going to be any remnants. I know, but I can't imagine there will be any remnants. Uh, with that being said, Harrison Bucker is a must-start any week on that offense. Uh, Kansas City's defense is a definite sit in almost yes. any scenario. Uh, Jaguars defense. This is like the only week of the entire year that I'm going to say this, but I'm not starting Jaguars defense just because of how many points this Kansas City Chiefs offense is going to put up. That's fair. So you got anything to add with these two, or can we move along? I think
1: that's it, but uh, Jaguars kicker. I like uh, my Lamborghini Mercy. I'm playing Josh Lambeau.
0: (laughs) Uh, So moving on to the team that I hate the most against the Cleveland Browns, for those of you who don't know what team I hate the most in terms of fantasy. It's the freaking Tennessee Titans. My boys. With that being said, uh, I'll start Derrick Henry this week, and I'll start Delaney Walker this week. And I'm leaving the rest of them on my bench.
1: Yeah. The Browns' defense is, like, very severely underrated.
0: No, they they definitely aren't. I, I'm actually going to go ahead and say that one you can sit tennessee's kicker and defense in this one but i think you could actually start cleveland's defense in this one yep, because
1: i'm, I'm doing this
0: not only am i incredibly high on the cleveland brown's defense but as you know i am incredibly low on the tennessee titans offense <laughs> so i think cleveland's defense should have a pretty easy time taking advantage of them this week so their defense is a must start Baker Mayfield is a must start. Nick Chubb is a must start. Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, must starts. David Njoku, uh, you probably don't have any options better than him on your roster. Uh, If you do, you already know who they are. But David Njoku still is going to be a top ten tight end this week. I mean, there is nothing not to like about the Cleveland Browns this week.
1: Yep, play them all. Just play them all. Everybody. Every single one. All of them. All the Browns.
0: No, no doubt. Uh, moving on to the Indianapolis Colts and the Los Angeles Chargers. On the Colts side of the ball,
1: can we just talk about how much of a baller Jacoby Brissett is? Because he signed his extension today too, and he doesn't have an agent, and he did it all by himself because he didn't want any mofo's bullshit in him. That was a direct quote from Jacoby Brissett. That man, I he gained a fan today even more than I was uh, before of Jacoby Brissett.
0: Did you ever go on his Twitter? He is a, he is his, a his marvel. Tweets, his tweets are next level, man. Like, is, I can't even think of any off the top of my head. But seriously, if, if you have some extra time, just scroll back from the last few months into Jacoby Brissett's Twitter. fourth-eye woke. It is. Some of the things and the questions that he asks are Incredible. absolutely nuts. Uh, however, with that being said, I'm not starting yeah, Jacoby no. Brissett this week. Uh, I, I honestly have a tough time starting any of these guys against that Chargers defense. I know the Chargers are without their superstar safety, uh, Derwin, J- Derwin James, um, but I just I don't like the Colts this week. I'm i do not like them anybody until... from the
1: Colts.
0: No, I mean, I'm thinking you have to play T.Y. Hilton if you have him. Like, I don't want to. I, I actually have T.Y. Hilton listed as a sit Tomorrow, um, Ty's got and,
1: like flex ceiling this week.
0: I know, and it's it's such a shame, but from there's there's just so many better options. So I I would have to say to sit Ty. I'm not starting any of their other wide receivers. I'm not starting Eric Ebron or Jack Doyle, and even Marlon Mack. I mean, not, I don't want to so. start Marlon Mack this week. So nope. the Indianapolis Colts are sits all across the board, and that includes Ty and Marlon Mack. Yeah. Uh, on the other side of the ball, the Los Angeles Chargers firing up their defense. I'm firing up their kicker. I'm firing up everybody. I'm not firing up. I'm not firing up Philip Rivers. I think um, just I because would,
1: I would play him. Say you're say you're a Kirk Cousins and Philip Rivers owner. I'd play Philip Rivers.
0: Yeah. No. The right situation would warrant it. Um, it's it's just so hard to list these things about quarterbacks in week one just because with what we know and what the other um matchups are. But yes, hypothetically speaking, if this were a bye week or if you have a really weird team comp, you could get away with starting Phillip Rivers this week. Uh Keenan Allen, must start. Mike Williams, must start. Hunter Henry, must start. Uh Austin Eckler, not a must start, but definitely an R B two for this week. And then even Justin Jackson you can throw in as a flex option.
1: Yep. I mean I'm playing any and all Chargers possible, even against that Colts defense. It's just going to be a, a landslide victory for the Chargers.
0: Yeah, and you know what? I, I'm 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 almost hoping that we're completely wrong in this. Yeah. Indianapolis is going to come out, and Jacoby Brissett is just going to slap us all in the face <laughs> and be like, no, "And then no, tweet no, no, no. about us." 350 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions, perfect passer rating. That's a dub. I am personally
1: handing out the invite, too, to Jacoby Brissett to come on the podcast.
0: No doubt. Uh, Moving on to the next game, Cincinnati Bengals against the Seattle Seahawks. This is such a – God. Anything that involves the Bengals this year (laughs) is just going to make me cringe because A.J. Green is out right now, which is obviously a huge downgrade. Their offensive line is just battered and bruised. It is dog poopy barely even existing at this point uh andy Dalton shouldn't even be rostered on anyone's team uh, even if you're in a terrible terrible state so i'm not even gonna address him uh tyler boyd though i don't like the matchup tyler boyd's a must start uh pretty much any week for cincinnati just because like who else are they throwing the ball to over
1: there his upside does get capped but you
0: gotta play him oh No doubt, Um, but even if Andy Dalton only has 15 completions on the entire day, you got to figure at least half of them are going to Tyler Boyd because like he doesn't have anyone else to throw it to right now. So Boyd is just going to be a volume-based wide receiver two this week. I don't like the matchup. Normally, I would say Tyler Boyd's going to be a wide receiver one because I'm that high on him, but he is. He's purely just a volume-based wide receiver too, and I mean, unfortunately, I could see him trending down to the wide receiver three territory this week. Uh, but nonetheless, I think he is still a must-start. Uh, he's 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 volatile, you know mm-hmm. he his his floor is his floor is for the most part safe, but it's not necessarily a great floor. Uh, I'd say a floor against the
1: Seahawks defense that now has Javion Clowney coming at Andy Dalton on every single. Uh snappy digs
0: yeah so i would say the seven or eight points that you will definitely get from tyler boyd are safe enough to uh award him that start tag uh but he does have the upside you know he could easily put up over 20 points this week based off of pure volume and uh for the upside that he offers i'm gonna say he's he's a start for me this week yeah uh and then joe mixon as much as i wouldn't want to play him this week you have to you know he is same Probably as your Damian squad's RB one or even your your super high end RB two on your squad. Uh, he's gonna have a tough matchup. But
1: God. imagine drafting Joe Mixon and Damian Williams. Your week one is a living
0: nightmare. I know, but the upside is still there for both of them, so it could be worse.
1: I am now intrigued, though, by the Bengals' backfield. They signed Gio Bernard to uh, an extension. Uh, either today or earlier this week. But they also brought in Samaje Pirine off of waivers, which is very intriguing for those uh, hashtag for the brand goal line carries because he is that big bruising back.
0: Yeah, I'm not too worried about him. I think he might vulture Joe Mixon once or twice this year, but I don't think it severely caps anything for him. Uh, Moving on to Seattle, play their defense, play their kicker. Uh, I'm not a big Russell Wilson fan this year, but I'm playing Russell Wilson. Uh, I'm definitely playing Chris Carson. I think Chris Carson could have a massive game um, against the Cincinnati Bengals. And then I'm definitely starting Tyler Lockett, too.
1: Yeah, that's that's kind of your every-week Seahawks this year.
0: Yeah, and I, I know we were just talking about DK Metcalf playing in Week 1. Wait Please and don't see. play him in Week 1, guys. Please don't play him. You're going to be so and disappointed. See. Um, but... Yeah, so that that game is a bit of a weird one. So we'll move on to one that I think is going to be pretty exciting for fantasy and could potentially be the highest-scoring game of the entire week, and that's going to be the San Francisco 49ers visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. That is a bold um, take by you, sir. I, Dude, neither one of them has particularly great defenses, and, I mean, there's just... There's just so much potential here. <laughs> I, I genu—I genuinely think, at the very least, this is going to be like, the third highest scoring game of the, of the week.
1: Note, noting this down, taking this down for the record book. Good, good.
0: Take it down because I want you to say, oh yeah, you were right, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'll hit
1: you with another SpongeBob meme.
0: But Tevin Coleman must start this week. Matt Breida, if you're in a jam for some reason, you could put him Flexing. in as a flex option. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. Even though I think this is going to be a high-scoring game, I'm not starting Jimmy Garoppolo just because He's I'm too worried be your about. He's backup his... quarterback too. Yeah. So I, I mean, like for an example, if you were like, "Hey, Jameis Winston or Jimmy Garoppolo," I'd say Jameis Winston by a mile. Oh. Uh, oh. Look at that. No, I I actually have uh, I I think Jameis Winston's going to be a top five quarterback in week one.
1: Interesting.
0: Yeah, um, but. Before we move on to that discussion, finishing out the 49ers, George Kittle is an obvious start every week. Um, Dante Pettis is, I think, a definite start this week. And then after that, I'm probably not touching any of the 49ers receivers.
1: What are we going to do if, with Jimmy G being back, because he wasn't there last year, and George Kittle was just kind of the safety, what if George Kittle's just not as good this year?
0: I think I'm he's definitely now. bound Well, I think he's definitely bound to see some regression. But the numbers don't lie. I mean this guy is super duper uber effective. I, I mean he is he is a generational tight end, you know. And I, I know that's that's a bit of a bold statement to say after a guy only had one good season, but dude, he he set a record last year, like safety blanket or not. You know, how many tight ends are peppered with target after target after target because they have an incompetent quarterback? Like, George Kittle, dude, he, he set a record. Like, it's not a fluke.
1: I'm just, I'm just thinking for our, our lacrosse listeners outside the box um, as a potential, you know, added hot take. Yeah. Which terrifies me because in, our, in a charity league I'm in, George Kittle's my tight end. So it scares me. I don't want to have nightmares all season.
0: Oh, I, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna worry about George Kittle at all, and I'm gonna plug him in.
1: Don't do me, Every dirty, week,
0: George, with confidence. No, he he's gonna be fine. He's gonna be a weekly top five tight end for you. Uh, moving on to Tampa Bay, Jameis Winston is an absolute must start for me this week. Um, I just I, I can't imagine any scenario where he scores worse than like the top five, top six quarterback. Um, so why? In your opinion, why are you starting Jimmy G over Jameis Winston?
1: I think uh, Jimmy is less turnover prone than Jameis is.
0: Um, and turnovers are not. Jameis Winston's going to have more touchdowns, more passing yards, and more rushing yards than Jimmy Garoppolo in this, so he can afford to have one or two extra interceptions.
1: We shall see. I don't know. I I Jameis is he's one of those guys that everybody gets high on every year. And then he just comes back down to earth, eats some crab legs, and eats some W's, and ends up taking L's.
0: Uh, we'll see, but moving on, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, O.J. Howard, all absolute must-starts uh, this week, and then I'm staying away from their running backs, all three yep. of them, Peyton Barber, uh, Darryl Bawale, or Dare, Dare, however the heck you say his first name, and then Ronald Jones, uh, stay away from all three of them. I think Peyton Barber is going to have the best week out of all three of them. But seeing that you drafted all of these guys in like the ninth round at the earliest, you're not starting any of them. Uh, the matchup isn't – the matchup is great, but you're just not starting any of them. Yeah, no.
1: Ronald, or, and, uh, Peyton Barber is my RB5 to put it in perspective.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I'm not starting either of their defenses, not starting either of their kickers. Uh, just throw your must-start guys in there and uh, see what happens. Bingo. Moving on to the New York Giants and the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, aside from Saquon Barkley and Evan Ingram, is there a single player on this Giants offense that you're even considering starting?
1: Um, The Cowboys' defense. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs>
0: yeah, but I think it's safe to say Sterling Shepard is a sit um, all of their receivers are a sit. Evan Ingram is going to be peppered with targets. Saquon Barkley is going to be peppered with everything. Uh, so I, I obviously I don't need to tell anyone that Barkley's an obvious start, and I don't think I really need to tell anyone that Ingram's an obvious start either.
1: Yeah, the Cowboys' defense is going to be the third leading receiver for the Giants this week, though. No doubt.
0: <laughs> no doubt. With that being said, I would definitely start the Dallas Cowboys' defense this week. I would start their kicker. Uh, I'm going to start whoever is back there at running back, whether it's Ezekiel Elliott or Tony Pollard. Uh, for those Tony Pollard owners, don't be too optimistic. Like If Zeke signs in the next 24 hours, your Tony Pollard share is absolutely useless. Yeah, like, Tony
1: Pollard is is very dependent on pen and paper at this point.
0: Yeah, no doubt, and if you have him, Maybe after Ezekiel Elliott signs, you can trade him to the Zeke owner for something minor, and just if that guy really wants Zeke's backup for some reason. Uh, but the second Ezekiel Elliott's pen touches the Dallas Cowboys paper, it's 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 over for Tony Pollard. But or you you're just starting the, those running backs.
1: You throw the narrative that you know Zeke wasn't in training camp. He wasn't at OTAs. He's going to have a lot of rust. You,
0: exactly. you You
1: work the trade value up for yourself. If you own Tony Pollard.
0: Exactly. Uh, Dak Prescott is a must start against this giant's defense this week. I think he is, he's as safe as they come to be a QB1. He's not going to do anything spectacular for you, but if you need back end QB1 numbers, look no further because Dak Prescott will have it. Um, Amari Cooper, even though he hasn't been practicing, he's back in practice now. He is going to be playing in week one. And I see no scenario where you can afford to sit Amari Cooper. So Amari Cooper is a, a start. Michael Gallup is a start. I like Michael uh, Gallup more in
1: this matchup than I do Amari Cooper.
0: Oh, I do too. I, I definitely do too. Uh, and Michael Gallup is a very sneaky wide receiver three or flex play for people uh, that aren't exactly deep at you know running back or, or even the receiver position. Yeah. So Michael Gallup is definitely a sneaky play. Realistically, the only person that I'm sitting uh, that – has fantasy relevance from the dallas cowboys and even saying he has fantasy relevance is a bit uh generous uh but jason witten's got to stay on those benches can we talk about how he's
1: bald now
0: is he really i haven't even seen his
1: his picture on yahoo and just video that he is bald so that just proves last year when he was on monday Night football espn threw a whole ass wig on his
0: head let me see. Witten. <laughs> oh my god, yeah, dude, he is bald.
1: He is bald, bald. You look up bald in the dictionary. There's a picture of Jason Witten.
0: Jesus.
1: Moving on. Moving on. Old man Witten.
0: Uh, we, got, we got four games left to go. The Detroit Lions against the Arizona Cardinals. Play every
1: Detroit Lions player you have.
0: Um, I would
1: disagree. I, I would play them. I don't trust this Cardinals team as far as I can throw them on either side of the
0: ball. I, I'm i definitely not sitting on Johnson. on Johnson is an absolute must-start um, in, in every scenario, but especially in this one, on Johnson should have a pretty damn good week. Um, Matt Stafford, you obviously probably wasn't drafted. No one has to start him, so I won't even get into that hypothetical um the the receivers though um I mean you can't sit Kenny Galladay if you drafted him I think there are better options than Marvin Jones and honestly I'm kind of kind of shying away from him until he comes back and shows us that he's still the Marvin Jones from 2017 um you know before he got injured and and everything like that in 2018 uh there are there definitely are worse options um so I'm not going to call him a sit but I'm no stretch of the imagination am I going to call him a must start.
1: Just a reminder, Patrick Peterson is suspended for the first six games of the season, so the starting corners right now for the Arizona Cardinals are Byron Murphy and Tremaine Brock Sr.
0: Mm, okay, yeah. Give me Kenny Galladay and Marvin Jones. You sign he...
1: me up.
0: Uh, Especially well, with I'm a gunslinger like 0. Matthew Stafford. Yeah, yeah. There's going to be one person I'm not signing up for. Um, I'm I'm not starting their defense or their kicker. Uh, There's better options out there. But I am not starting TJ Hawkinson.
1: That's fair. So I, I think I, he's going to be know, more of a blocker this week anyway.
0: Yeah, I think so. And I think he's still technically going to be behind Jesse James on the depth chart. Like, TJ Hawkinson is still going to have more opportunity. And his opportunity is going to go up every week. But in week one... Trusting a rookie tight end to produce is just something that I I wouldn't do in a million years. So TJ Hawkinson is a must-sit for me this week. Uh, adversely on the Arizona Cardinals side of the ball, I'm sitting their special teams as well. Um, I, I want to say if I had to, I would start Kyler Murray this week. I know a lot of people drafted him as their starter uh, for whatever reason. I personally wouldn't have going that route, but I think I would be comfortable with starting Kyler Murray this week and obviously David Johnson is a must start.
1: I'm only starting David Johnson this week from the Cardinals and until I see, you know, results from Kyler Murray, I'm not putting him in my starting lineup at all.
0: And that's that's fair. You know, chances are if you took Kyler Murray as your starting quarterback, you probably reached on a backup because there's there's no way that anyone had a tremendous amount of faith and Kyler Murray. So if you're the Kyler Murray owner, and like we were saying, you know, maybe you have Phillip Rivers or maybe you even have Kirk Cousins, I'd probably start either of those guys over yeah, Kyler Murray. 100%. Uh, moving on to a very exciting game Pittsburgh Steelers against the New England Patriots for Sunday Night Football. Play everybody. Uh, yeah, dude, <laughs> don't sit anyone. I mean, realistically, Not many people drafted Ben Roethlisberger or Tom Brady as their starters. Chances are you have better options at quarterback. But if you have to, you can get away with either of them. Uh, James is a must-start. Juju Smith-Schuster is a must-start. Vance McDonald is a must-start. On the other side of the ball, Sonny Michelle, James White, Julian Edelman. Hell, even Josh Gordon. Um, I, I would fire all of these guys up with, with confidence that they would be at least a two at their respective positions.
1: Easy. It's, it's, it's too easy.
0: Yeah, I, I actually have a lot of faith in Josh Gordon. Um, I, 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 I think Edelman is still obviously the receiver to own in New England, but Josh Gordon, I think, could surprise a lot of people this week. It'll um, be interesting,
1: too, if they bring or if they have already uh, Demarius Thomas back.
0: Yeah, which they they did bring him back because okay. Nikhil Harry uh, landed himself on the eight week IR.
1: Okay, so I am so, intrigued by Demarius Thomas as a waiver wire pickup after this week.
0: Oh, for sure, and you got to think that he could, if he finds relevancy in the first couple of weeks, that third receiver role could be his even when Nikhil Harry comes back. Yeah, so that's something interesting to monitor going forward. Um, I know Pittsburgh and New England both have pretty good defenses. I don't think this game is going to be a shootout. I don't. I just think there's going to be a lot of stats. There's going to be a lot of action, and it's going to be pretty entertaining. So whether you have Pittsburgh's defense or you have New England's defense, do I think there are a couple better options out there? Yeah. But I wouldn't shy away from starting either of these guys. I wouldn't shy away from starting either of the kickers either. So. Literally, you could start almost anyone in this game. The only thing I did want to point out is there's a lot of people teetering between James Washington and Dante Moncrief uh, as the wide receiver, too, in Pittsburgh. And this is one of those scenarios where I'm not starting either one of them until one of them separates themselves. Agree. So that's a fun game for fantasy. I'm also, um, sitting, the, I'm also oh, sitting
1: the Steelers kicker because Chris Boswell, until I see consistency from him, I don't trust
0: him at all. And that's fair. That's fair. I I don't. I don't think he was a top twelve drafted kicker this week or this year, anyway. So he's probably not on many rosters. Moving on to another exciting game, which is going to be the first out of two games on Monday Night Football, and that's the Houston Texans New Orleans Saints. Run it back again. Fire up everybody.
1: Yep. This is and this is the one uh, Monday Night game that you should watch because it's Uh, going to be literal shootout down
0: in New Orleans. You ready? We're going to make this one really easy on everyone. I'm going to say a name. You're just going to say start or sit. You ready? Let's do it. Deshaun Watson. Start. Duke Johnson. Start. DeAndre Hopkins.
1: If you're not starting him, just quit your league. <laughs> Will Fuller. Start. This, this week Kuti. starts This week starts week one of 16 that Will Fuller plays this season.
0: Oh, no doubt. No doubt. And then you have Kiki Kute if he plays. Uh,
1: if he plays. Start.
0: If he plays. If he plays, he has to be on your roster. On the other side, Drew Brees. Start. Alvin Kamara. Start. Michael Thomas. Start. These are all obvious. Now, the only issue that I have, I'm not playing either of these defenses. I play both kickers. Will Lutz and Kaimi Fairbairn are both phenomenal kickers, and they're both going to have a lot of opportunity in this game. I'm not playing either defense just because of how scoring this thing could be and how much out of hand – this could turn real quick there's there's one guy that is considered to be a starter on a lot of rosters out there and i know neither one of us is super high on him so jared cook the tight end is this a matchup where you like him yes i was thinking the same thing
1: the, the texans uh, kind of destroyed their defense a bit with uh, the flurry of bill o'brien transactions Uh, Jared Cook, you're playing him. He's gonna he's gonna score at least one touchdown this week.
0: I think he will too, and though this is if they still had Jadavion Clowney, I would I think I would actually like Jared Cook a little bit more. Um, just because (laughs) Drew Brees would be under pressure and he might have to dump it it off. But let's face it, if Drew Brees is dumping it off to anyone, it's probably Avon Kamara anyway. Yeah. So that's a game. You have a guy that has the H O U in front of their name, or you have a guy that has the N O in front of their name. You're fired.
1: This game is also one to watch when it comes to the waiver wire because we'll kind of see uh, if you know what Bill O'Brien has planned for Kenny Stills uh, since he yeah. was in one of those trades, and now that he has a legitimate quarterback throwing to him, uh, he could potentially gain flex, you know, relevancy all season long because Deshaun Watson's throwing him the football. And he stays healthier than Kiki QT does, so it's something to keep an eye on.
0: And then you have uh, Traquan Smith from New Orleans, yes. who you have to keep an eye on. I mean, I don't necessarily trust him, but all it takes is one good week in week one to be a really hot commodity on the waiver wire, and I think I think this could be a week that Traquan Smith is actually going to have opportunity to do that. So, as long as he doesn't have brick hands. game. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> we're... I'm rooting against them because I'm a Panthers fan, but fantasy community, we'll root for them. Last game of the week, later on on Monday, kind of not Snooze that exciting. Um, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't start until 10.20 Eastern time, which means I'm not going to be watching the full game. Uh, if it was an exciting game, I'd stay up, but I'm not staying. I'm, I'm probably not, not the watching this my game at me. all. No, I mean, Denver Broncos, I'm not starting Joe Flacco. I'm not starting Noah Font. Uh, I would definitely start Emmanuel Sanders, and I would flex in Cortland Sutton. Yes. Um, and then, as far as the running back goes, neither one. I'm so scared to start either one of them just because you don't know how it's going to go. I mean, I think this is going to turn into one of those backfields where if they're both healthy, Philip Lindsay and Royce Freeman, it's going to be a teeter totter. Yep. You know, like Philip Lindsay is going to be a match-up
1: up- dependent type thing.
0: Oh well, exactly like Philip Lindsay is going to put up 18 points one week and Royce Freeman's going to put up six. The next week it's going to be Royce Freeman with 16 and Philip Lindsay with like 7 or 8. So if you if you have to choose one of them Philip Lindsay is going to be the obvious option. He's got the more PPR upside. He established himself on this offense last year when Royce Freeman was battling with injury and even when Freeman came back from injury, you know, it was still Philip Lindsay's. Um but with that being said, if you have better options, I'm probably not starting either one of these guys um on the other side of the ball with the oakland raiders obviously antonio brown's a must start he's electric probably about it i mean i i can't imagine anyone being able to sit josh jacobs if they invested a high pick in josh jacobs
1: i feel bad for you if you did
0: (laughs) yeah i do too i i don't like josh jacobs i mean he's gonna get plenty of volume so I think at the very worst, he's going to be like an RB3 based on volume most weeks. But I just I don't see him really passing that. And but. this
1: Denver defense is good. Like, Don't forget the, the pass rush that they have. Bradley Chubb and, and Von Miller, they're going to be destroying that Raiders O-line, getting after Derek Carr in this one. For uh, sure, for sure. I, I don't like Josh Jacobs in this matchup at
0: all. No, no, I, I don't. Um, with that being said, I mean, I avoided him in all of my drafts just because I don't have any confidence in him. Uh, if you have to firing, fire him up as a flex, like if your options are between him and a guy that you're worried if, if he can produce wide receiver three numbers or not, I'd rather take the fringe RB3 rather than the fringe wide receiver three. So let me Josh roll this Jacobs.
1: question to you. Sure. Josh Jacobs or Mark Ingram?
0: Josh Jacobs, interesting. I, I don't necessarily like either one of them. Me either. But Josh, and this is this is my only reasoning, competition. That's fair. So Josh Jacobs has literally no one behind him. He has Jalen richard who is not a good pass catching back. You have Mark Ingram, who has the Gus Bus Gus Bus Edwards behind him, who has shown us that he is definitely a competent running back. He's not a starting running back, but he's. Definitely competent and will definitely take some carries away from, Mark, from uh, Mark Ingram. Then you have Justice Hill, who looked incredible in the preseason and has basically already been said that he's going to be on the field for most third downs in Baltimore. So just for the fact that Josh Jacobs isn't going to be taken off the field, I would lean Josh Jacobs.
1: I think I like Mark Ingram's matchup better this week, and that's why I would go Mark Ingram
0: oh i I definitely like his matchup more um you know going against that that front line in denver is 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 terrible um but i i still would lean i still would lean josh jacobs but dude i don't know if you realize this or not but we just went through our Week week one show
1: week one is in the books
0: by the time this comes out, we will be living our last day of 2018-2019 NFL offseason. And we will officially be less than 24 hours away from being in the 2019-2020 season.
1: We've got to enjoy it because there's a potential lockout next
0: year. <laughs> oh, God, don't <laughs> remind me.
1: So enjoy week don't. one as much as you possibly can.
0: If there's a lockout next year... We're going, to cover, we're going to cover hockey for the year. Fair Not, enough.
1: My words. <laughs> uh, I do have to say one, one final thought before our final thoughts. Uh, happy three-year anniversary to one of the best real-life and fantasy-altering trades in NFL history. Uh, on this day, in 2016, the Philadelphia Eagles sent Sam Bradford to the Minnesota Vikings for a first-round pick and a fourth-round pick, thus ushering in the Carson Wentz era in Philadelphia.
0: Well, congratulations. I wish my quarterback would bring me a Super Bowl. <laughs> one day. One day, Cam Newton. One day. If only a dove on the ball, whatever. I'm not worried about it. <laughs> I don't want to talk about it. But uh but yeah, so that that's gonna wrap things up here in week one. I can't I can't say that enough. I'm just so excited that it's finally here. But uh that's gonna wrap up week one, uh, for the for the podcast. So we will be back same time next week. Given some more advice for week two. Uh, obviously, we'll be reflecting on what went over in week one, and uh, you know Kyle and I are Kyle and I are working on something, and I we I can't guarantee anything for week one, but we uh, week one is we're, definitely we're,
1: we're... out of the question because I will be out of state and not available for it for week one. So, like Mikey said, keep your eyes peeled.
0: Yeah. So, long story short, we're basically going to be trying to get on Twitch uh, every Sunday morning for at least an hour, and we'll be answering questions. We'll be going over some last minute uh, starts and sits. Maybe there's some news that broke. Uh, maybe Goal there's some injuries live. to be watched. Goal line live. Exactly. Uh, but with that being said, this Sunday or any time between now and Monday night, when the game, when the when the final games of Week One are starting, feel free to tweet out to us at goal line uh with all of your start sick questions if you have any drop ad questions hell if you just have a comment to make about the podcast feel free to reach out to us because we love interacting with you guys
1: and that's at goal underscore line underscore ffb on the twitter.com you can also tweet us at underground phi that is the network uh that all of these podcasts are and they can also leave Those questions about start, sit, advice, and all that good stuff in the Apple Podcast reviews, Mikey, just search Underground Sports Philadelphia and leave a five-star rating and review because we have standards and we know you do too. So it's only five stars, and let us know all your start and sit questions in your review. And if you don't have an iPhone, upgrade your phone, or you can follow us on Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: The next time you hear either of our voices. Week one will be in the books, and I will be either gloating or in a terrible mood from losing my week one matchup. But with that being said, for myself, for Kyle, for Underground Sports Philadelphia, and of course for goal line fantasy football, we are signing out. Thanks for hanging out with us today, and uh, we definitely look forward to seeing you guys again next week.
1: Go Birds!